0: Welcome to RaMA for Today Radio. I remembered this with Brother Haines, you see. I hadn't had another occasion. I hadn't really thought through on it like I have now. But I said to the Lord, Lord, I believe I'll just rebuke this death, command it to leave him. I believe I'll just command him to live and not die. And when I said that to the Lord, now we'd been praying. But you can pray and not really exercise authority. You can pray and it won't work. When if you do exercise authority, it will work. Now remember our illustration of the policeman? You have been in the class, you know the policeman's there, you know, he just hold up his hand. The traffic all stops. We saw that today or seven when we went to lunch.
1: You're listening to Rhema for today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. Today we continue the classic series The Believers Authority by Kenneth E Hagen. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagin's classic message.
0: But anyway, he got up and thanked the people for his prayer. Now, I never told a living person. I don't know why, I just didn't think about it, never even mentioned to my wife how I prayed. And so he said, uh, he thanked the people for their prayers. And then he said, don't ever feel sorry for people who die who are Christians. He said, the last thing I remember, I was falling. I don't ever remember hitting down in this machinery. See, I fell off out there in the tower down in the machinery, you see. In, actually, in the engine house. And he said, I, I don't remember hitting, you see. And I don't remember these days as I was unconscious. He said, I came to an hospital, and after I came to, I never did hurt. I never did have any pain. Just felt all right. But he said, the only thing, while I was unconscious, I evidently died and went up to heaven because he said, I heard the angels sing. I saw the angelic choir. I heard them sing. Such singing you've never heard. I saw the saints robed in white. I saw Jesus. And he came to me. And I was just about to fall down before him and tell him how much I loved him, how much I appreciated him. And he said, Jesus said to me, you'll have to go back. (laughs) And he said, I said, Lord, I don't want to go back. And he said, the Lord Jesus said to him, you'll have to go back. And he said, Lord, I don't want to go back. He said, you don't want to go back. I'll tell you the truth about it. of your loved ones, he said, that's gone. They don't want to come back. They wouldn't come back if they had a choice. He said, you don't feel that way because you're not seeing what they're seeing. <laughs> Amen. And he said, I didn't want to go back. And the third time, the Lord said to me, you'll have to go back to the earth. This time, before, he just said, you'll have to go back. The third time, he said, you'll have to go back to the earth. And I said, I don't want to go back. He said, the Lord said, well, you'll have to. Now, he said, here's what Jesus said. He didn't know it because I hadn't hadn't told a living soul how I prayed or what I said. He said, you'll have to go back to the earth. Brother Hagin won't let you come. (laughs) He said, Jesus turned and pull what looked like a curtain just pull this curtain back with his hand and when he did he said I heard Brother Hagen say now he is in there unconscious in a coma you see on that bed in shock it had to be in the spirit then that he heard it. he said I heard Brother Hagen say Lord I'm not going to let him die I didn't tell him I said that how do you know I said that I said it he said when he pulled this curtain back I heard Brother Hagen say Lord, I'm not going to let him die. And said he said, see, he won't let you come. Next thing I knew, he said, I woke up in the hospital and I was all right. <laughs> now, we never, I never thought much about that. You think about that for a little while. You see, I never thought a whole lot about it. I knew we had the experience we rejoiced in it. I don't really know how come me to get that plane with the Lord. I'm sure the Spirit of God was leading me into it but now wait a minute there's, there's some authority he said brother Hagin won't let you well after all he is in my church you see I am his shepherd and his pastor I do have a little authority here amen 12 years of pastoral work my wife and I never did bury one church member we had 80 some odd year old people healed of terminal cancer They tried to get me, just let them go on, die. And I said, no, let Jesus heal you and then die if you want to. (laughs) But don't die like this. Don't die like this. Well, I remember then, you know, I I thought about that a little bit and tried to do a little research on it and couldn't find anything on the subject. And so, you know, in my limited knowledge of the Bible. And so uh, a little while later, about three years later, then my father-in-law lay in the hospital and at the point of death. And uh, I was standing by his bed. Now he's unconscious, actually the doctor, one of the doctors, the third one, or one of them on the case, actually. He said to me, he said, you know, I never saw, if another doctor had told me that, I wouldn't have believed him, I'd thought he was mistaken. Oh, I forgot what you call it, he's not exactly dead, not exactly alive. He said, I've never seen a person that come out of that and, and like he was just mentally alert and was all right. He said if they do happen to regain conscience, they're not right mentally or something because they were, they were in this state between being dead and alive, you know. But uh, I, I remember as I stood there by the bedside, I said to the Lord. I remembered this was Brother Haynes, you see. I hadn't had another occasion. I hadn't really thought through on it like I have now. But I said to the Lord, Lord, I believe I'll just rebuke this death, command it to leave him. I believe I'll just command him to live and not die. And when I said that to the Lord, now we'd been praying, but you can pray and not really exercise authority. You can pray and it won't work. When if you do exercise authority, it will work. Now remember our illustration of the policeman. You have been in the class, you know, the policeman's there. You know, he just holds up his hand, the traffic all stops. We saw that today or seven when we went to lunch. Well, he don't pray that the traffic would stop. He uses his authority. It'd be useless for him to pray that that traffic would stop and this would go. (laughs) Are you following me? He uses his authority. He just holds up his hand. That traffic stops. Motions these folks on. Here we go. That happened to us today. It happened to you, hasn't it? See. But he don't pray that the traffic will stop. He uses his authority that's invested in him by the city or the state or the government. Blessed be God, there's authority that's invested in us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We haven't always known that. And so I said, I believe I'll just rebuke this death. I believe I'll just command him to live and not die. And the Lord said to me, just as plain as you talking to me, he said, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I thought about it afterwards. That's that's the thing that really ticked me off and started me studying this subject. I knew what the Lord said to me, He said, don't do it. Well, when he said, don't do it, that man could have done it. Or else he wouldn't have told me not, not don't do it. Amen, isn't that right? Somebody starts to sit down if there's an empty chair there. And you say, no, don't sit there. That's, that's my wife's going to sit there. That's reserved for her. Don't do it. Well, that means they could have sat down in that chair. You wouldn't have told them not to. If they couldn't have sat down, there's no use telling them don't. <laughs> Amen, isn't that right? So when he said, don't do it, then, then, then I, I realized later in thinking on it, you see, that meant that I could. And so he said to me, don't do it. You see, he'll never have a better time to die than now. And after all, he is 70. And he said that he's got all of his finances in order and all of his uh, business in order. And he's ready spiritually. There was a time that he was not ready spiritually, but he's ready now. And he'll never have a better time to die than now. You leave him alone and let him die. Well, then I found myself saying, I don't know, I get surprised at myself once in a while. I found myself saying, I don't know how come he to say it. Just real quietly, just in a whisper there by the bed, I said, all right, Lord. All right. Now, I let him die on one condition and one condition alone. <laughs> now, I was exercising authority I didn't know I had, you see i let him die on one condition and one condition alone. And that is you bring him out of this death and let him leave a good testimony. And then I let him go. Now my wife was his only girl and his baby. And then I married and she's my baby, you see. (laughs) And I knew she'd take it quite hard. But I knew that if he could leave a good testimony because she had asked him many months before about being ready to go because she realized he's getting older and he said well honey I don't know whether I'm ready or not one time I think I knew but I don't know whether I'm not. and she was quite disturbed you could understand that and I knew then that it would soften the, the blow you see to know he's ready I said you bring him out of it let him leave a good testimony and I'll let him die I don't know how come me to speak that bold I remembered that I did that with brother Haynes that's how come me to do it you see three years before I suppose that's a reason why I hadn't got those words out of my mouth. I'm talking about exercising authority. I hadn't got those words out of my mouth until like you snapped your finger, he opened his eyes and looked up at me, fully conscious. That's what the doctor said because he was summoned and he was there in about 30 to 45 minutes. And he said to me, you know, I've never seen anything. I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. If I hadn't examined myself, you couldn't make me believe it. If some other doctor told me, I wouldn't believe it. But he was fully conscious in every way. And he said to to me, he said, Kenneth said, I'm dying. I said, I know it, Mr. Rooker. He said, now the sooner the better. I said, I know that. He said, this is Monday afternoon. He said, you know, ever since Saturday afternoon, there's been a man right up there. He was an angel too, who it was. Been a man right up there. See, when, you, when Christians die, they go up. When sinners die, they go down. Hell's down, heaven's up. According to the Bible. Amen. And so, he said, up uh, there's been a man right up there and said every now and then he'll motion me. Come on and say to me, come on. Well, I looked up. I didn't see anything except the seating, but I realized that he's up here on the perimeter, you see, between earth and heaven. He's a seeing over into that realm. And he looked up and said, sir, I don't rightly know who you are, but I'm just not quite ready yet. You'll have to wait a little. <laughs> I'll stop off, take a little side journey here. I remember down in Houston, Texas, many years ago, there still is an evangelistic temple in Houston. But uh, the old original evangelistic temple was built by old brother Ian Ritchie. We called him Dad Ritchie. Many many years ago, it sat right close to downtown. The city bought it, and I forgot, I don't know what they did with it, and they've got a new one there now. But brother Ritchie, I remember reading the headlines of the paper right on the front page, see, of one of the Houston papers. On Sunday morning, 80-some-odd years old, he was preaching when death came. And, and the paper stated the headlines of the paper, you see. Because he he'd been there in the city for years. And this old evangelistic temple, in the main auditorium, seat 5,000. And uh, it, it mentioned about the fact that he commanded death to see to wait. Because everybody heard him. Right in, the, in his sermon, and he stopped and said, Now you'll have to wait till I finish my sermon. He finished his sermon, and they could hear him over the, over the microphone, you see. And sat down and went home. But when the death angel came, he said, you'll have to wait till I finish my sermon.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, glory to God. <laughs> and then I'll go with you. And so he finished his sermon, sat down, and went on home. Praise the Lord.
1: You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, the Tools for Navigating Life Package. Included is the best-selling book, The Believer's Authority, by Kenneth E. Hagin, plus the books, I Cannot Be Defeated and I Will Not Quit, by Ken Hagin, and God's Positioning System, by Lynette Hagin. All three resources for just $21.95. Don't delay. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagin Ministries, Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma 74150. Don't forget for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R H E M A dot O R G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen.
0: But hey, your KTF, Kendall the Flame flame. Women's Conference, is coming up September 25 through 27, Thursday through Saturday. Hey, Go register now. You ladies. Register online? You can go to rhema.org slash KTF. Hey, our husbands, go register your wife and get her set up and get her hotel rooms surprise and everything and her. surprise her. Yes, yes. ladies it,
1: like surprises. It's a
0: great, it's a great, great con- conference. One of the best women's absolutely. conferences around.
1: Tomorrow, more from Reverend Hagen on our authority as believers. That's tomorrow on Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.